Hello and welcome. This is Colleen O'Grady, the host of the Power Your Parenting Moms with Teens podcast. This is a gathering place for moms to be encouraged, nurtured, and inspired. Also, you'll learn the latest in teen research and trends and get practical parenting tips. You really can improve your relationship with your teen and enjoy the teenage years. Welcome back, everybody, to the 90th episode of the Power Your Parenting Moms with Teens podcast. I'm Colleen O'Grady, the host of the show. Okay, moms, you are going to love this podcast. In case you don't know this, like 99.9% of moms complain about their teen's messy room. So if you struggle with your teen overcleaning their room, you're definitely not the only one. Yes, this is not a life or death situation, but it is one of those damn dailies that if we're not strategic can drain us every single day and cause strain between us and our teens. So I have invited a very special guest who has personal experience with her own teens and also professional experience with helping teens organize their rooms. Amy Gardner is a professional organizer and organizer coach based in San Diego. Her company, Higher Order, has helped declutter, de-stress, and demystify home organization for more than six years. Trained as an organizer coach, Amy helps clients identify and connect to their big goals, develop an actionable plan, and provides accountability and support along the way. She serves overwhelmed clients from executives to entrepreneurs, busy families, military on the move, and everyone in between. Amy also hosts Decluttering Challenges on the Daily Five, a Facebook group formed to encourage, support, and inspire people worldwide to live a bigger life with less stuff. So welcome, Amy. Thank you. Thank you, Colleen. Thanks for having me here. Yes, we're going to have some fun. So I know you have a program called the Clutter Free Kid Program. So can you tell me a little bit why you started that and um, a little bit about the philosophy behind it? Sure. I'm a professional organizer. And so Clutter Free Kids came about as an attempt to continue working with my clients over the summer when most of their kids were home, they had a hard time focusing on their own organizing projects before COVID when when kids were going to school. Like you said, 99.9% of parents struggle with kids and teens having messy spaces. It became a goal of mine to figure out a solution to find a way for the parents and kids to kind of come together with that. One of my philosophies is that kids are are way more capable than we give them credit for. It's good to always remind ourselves that we are raising adults, not kids, because we're teaching them life skills to, to move forward in their lives. You know, being organized and clean and orderly is a skill that many adults haven't have a full grip on or even mastered. We ask our kids to go clean their room and then get frustrated because they don't know what they're supposed to be doing. So let me let me ask you, from your experience of working with some moms, because you actually help organize teenagers' rooms, which I think you can make billions of dollars (laughs) just from that. What mistakes do you see moms make with like the room thing? Um, Well, one of the number one things is they say, go clean your room. 
most teens and kids have no idea what that means. I think it's really clear, and I've learned this from my own kids, and I've learned this from working with my clients with kids, is that you need to paint a very clear picture of what that means. What do you think, like mom is meaning when she says clean the room, and what do you think the teens are hearing when, when mom says clean the room? Yeah. And that's a good question. When I work with clients, I like to find what I call their ideal order. And that is what is their tolerance for the chaos and the mess? And what is their willingness to keep that up? And right where those two things meet is where I find their ideal order. So when we work with teens, it's a little different because the tolerance and for the chaos and the mess comes from the parents. And the willingness to keep it up comes from the teen. So I work both with the teens and the parents to find out where that ideal order is. But I would think kids would be like, like, mom, this is clean. And they might have their clothes all over the floor and, you know, pizza slices under the bed. And mom is picturing, you know, their living room. So do you see that a lot? Right. Yeah. I encourage parents to really communicate that what it means for them to go clean their room. So for example, I have, um, I've had clients that say, I just want the dresser drawers to be able to close and there to be no trash. (laughs) So that doesn't seem like a too tall of an order, but (laughs) if, if the teen has had no restrictions or boundaries around that before, then it's, you know, they, they just need to know the clear picture of that. For my own girls, they're the thing that I stress is everything needs to be off the floor. I don't expect it to be perfect. And believe it or not, my kids' room is always far from perfect, but it is, it meets my expectations that I have set forth for them. So it sounds like you kind of come up with some bottom line expectations, like be able to shut your drawers, be able to get everything off the floor. Like what else are some bottom line suggestions? Yeah. I guess it just depends on, um, you know, a lot of parents don't want, they want all the dishes taken out of the room. They want the trash taken out of the room. Nothing on the floor. What about laundry? They might have, want the beds made. Um, Yeah, laundry is an interesting one. And especially for teens, clothes seem to be the Achilles tendon of uh, (laughs) the room. (laughs) Clothes either in the hamper or put away. So what kind of lessons did you learn from your own kids about what to do and what not to do? Um, Yeah, well, like I said before, when I say go clean your room, it falls on deaf ears. And I learned that really early on um, when my my daughter was um, young and she had blocks and I asked her to go put the blocks away. And um, it was just putting them all in a bucket. It couldn't have possibly been easier. And she was probably three. And I, I realized at that point, that kids can be overwhelmed by things. And so to be very, very specific and to break it down. So I learned I had to break it down for her as well as for my other daughter. And okay, put all the red blocks in the bucket, put all the purple blocks in the bucket. And as soon as she had very, very clear idea of what I I was asking, um, it became easier. And then as my kids got older, I would do the same thing. I would, you know, they get all the things out. So there's clothes and there's Legos and there's books and there's craft stuff. And when you say go clean the room, that's just completely overwhelming for them to understand. So 
to be specific and say, okay, Taylor, you go clean up all your clothes and put them in the dirty clothes. Caden, you go clean up all the books, you know, tell me when you're done. Oh, you're done. Okay. Now the next step is you go clean up the Legos and then you go clean up the craft stuff. It sounds a little bit simplistic, but even for teens, just focusing on one thing at a time, help them break it down um, mm. can be very helpful. No, I, th- I think that's absolutely true. I know my daughter would have, like in her drawers, she would have pencils, clothes, hairbrushes, hair ties, God knows what in one drawer. I do think it's things that we think should be really easy. They do get overwhelmed. And I, so it sounds like you kind of help them develop a system, like breaking it down into step by step so it's not so overwhelming. And it really is more about playing into or, or paying attention to what um, could be the, the block, what could be the bottleneck for them cleaning up their space. So, so what have you seen have been some of the, the bottlenecks? Yeah, visual distraction, mental distractions, just, again, not knowing, feeling the feeling of overwhelm, being overwhelmed. And I think this is one thing that we, as parents, we're often overwhelmed and we don't realize that our kids can be overwhelmed too. So they're really good at getting things out and not so great at putting things away. So, yeah. You know, the other yes. thing, if I, if I made that um, I've learned from my own kids is when you keep picking up the slack for them or the socks mm. or whatever, uh, they will continue to let you do that. So to really hold them accountable. And I, I have even made my own kids get out of bed (laughs) as I'm tucking them in, telling them good night. You know, oops, you forgot to put your shoes away. Thanks for getting out of bed and doing it. Um, (laughs) And they're like, mom, you're just standing right there. Can you just do it? I said, no, I have my own shoes to go put away. But yeah, I appreciate you putting yours away. Another thing is that I get a much better response out of them when I ask their input. So for example, if I want them to pick up stuff, but then they have to get in the shower and then we have to have dinner, I give them a choice. Do you want to take a shower before you clean this mess up or do you want to do it after? Do you want to clean up before dinner or are you guys going to keep playing with your stuff? And um, giving them a choice of when they do it, but knowing that they have to do it, you know, mm-hmm. seems to be, it kind of flips a switch for them and empowers them to take ownership of it. That's great. So I'm curious, did you have a clean room when you were a teen? (laughs) So my room wasn't totally clean until I was 32 years old and I had my first baby. (laughs) Um, The answer is no. And, um, you know, I did early on, I liked to rearrange my room. I liked the idea of interior design. So I would, I I considered myself a binge organizer. So I would let it get very messy until I wanted to change my room around. And then I would <laughs> go through and organize and clean up and, and uh, declutter. And so I was, I'm from Santa Cruz, California, and I was um, in, in middle school or it was early high school um, in, during the 1989 Loma Prieta earthquake. And mm. every single thing fell out of my closet and it came out into the room. And so I remember, you know, in the days following the earthquake, my family just did a big cleaning and purging of our whole house because many things had broken. And so it was at that point where I was like, oh my gosh, I have never taken time to get rid of some of these little girl things that I still have. 
and yeah. pull it out of the space and touch it, it make it can shine new, literally shine new light on it and make you realize, oh, I don't really need this anymore. And I remember mm. getting rid of a lot of stuff. And that was the first time I ever felt like, wow, like this is, this feels really good. Get rid of the <laughs> things I don't need. Oh, that's a great story. Yeah. So what do you think is realistic for teens and their rooms? Well, again, I think that is where the, that concept of ideal order comes in. So what is that point where the parents, they're the lowest tolerance they have for chaos and mess. And that point where the, the child is willing to step up and, and do the work. And so after the initial kind of resetting of the space, which is to declutter and organize. I would say that um, it's reasonable to expect teens or even kids to spend 10 to 15 minutes every day cleaning up. Mm. And it really doesn't need to be this giant, terrible thing, but just, you know, go around and put the things away to meet whatever the guidelines are that have been set, whatever that clear picture of order is. So again, whether it's making sure things are off the floor, all the clothes are put away, the bed is made. So, because I'm really curious about this. When you're working with teens, kind of how do you start with them? What's, what is their response to you with that? What do they kind of get excited about? Yeah. So tell me about that. <laughs> well, I'll tell you right off the back, the, the excitement comes from the age of the teen. <laughs> um, so when I go in and do the clutter-free kids process with teens, um, it's a three-step iterative process. And I first start outside their room with their parents. And so there's a process of discovery. There's a process of decluttering and organizing. And then the final process is like habit building and systems. So in the discovery process, I start first with the parents and I have a parent questionnaire and it's really about what do they know about their teen? What are the strengths? What are the struggles? What bothers them around about the room? What is their ideal, you know, what is their tolerance window for their kid's space? What would they like to see? What is their kid good at? What's easy for their, their child? And so I get an idea from the parent and then I go in without the parent. And this is a key step because as soon as the parent (laughs) enters the room, the teen immediately, you know, gets kind of the eye roll face going on. Yeah. 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 So I go in and we just sit down and I try to hang out and, you know, at first they're, you know, looking at me like, you've been in my house for months helping my mom get rid of stuff. What are you doing in here? You know? Yeah. Of of course the parents tell them I'm coming, but my first question is always like, do you know why I'm here? And they all say, cause you want me to get rid of stuff? And like, (laughs) well, no, we're not going to, and I, I, you know, most, most kids, most people do have stuff to get rid of that they don't need anymore. But I say, no, we're just, you know, like, we're just going to have a conversation. We're going to see what it is you want for your space. And so I flip it and that goes back to them having input. And so I go in and I start just asking them about what they like, what their hobbies are, you know, show me around your room. What do you like about your room? You know, what, what is easy for you in here or what is easy period? You know, for some kids, they have a, they have an easy time with school, but they don't have an easy time picking up their room. 
through that process, uh, and I and I try to ask further questions um, about their hobbies or their things that they're into. And so um, through that process, I try. I, I, what I'm doing is I'm getting them in a headspace where they're not poo-pooing the process of yes. you know getting yes. their home in order. And when I can, I try to find something to attach what we're the reason why we're doing this you know you like to have your friends over would you like to create a nice little sitting area on the floor for your friends we can get these clothes cleaned up you know or oh you this is a great desk for art would you like to make it easier to find your art supplies you know so I, I do try to find a way to attach attach that oh no 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 oh my gosh this is so so good yeah. so you're you're totally getting them to own their room and have a vision for their room that like, and be kind of proud of it. Absolutely. So can they tell you what they don't like about their room? Is that something yes. they can tell you? Yes. In fact, I worked with a teen a couple of weeks ago. Um, and one thing she didn't like was her desk drawer was just very jumbled and she had all kinds of random stuff in there. And she's like, I'd like to be able to clear off my desk at the end of the day and, and use this drawer, but it's full. And so before we did anything else, I said, let's spend 15 minutes and just clean out this drawer. And we did a really quick sort. We pulled stuff out. Most of it was trash. And so I think it was important for, for me to, that's not normally something I do, but it was important to pivot because she had expressed like, this is what I can't stand. So, okay, let's fix that. Let's show you how it can be. Now let's move on to some bigger stuff. Yeah. Oh, this is so good. So then they can kind of picture a sitting area and I love it. So then I bet you see them changing from pretty defensive to getting excited. Yeah. And um, I will tell you that when kids start decluttering their own stuff without the parents looking over them, they get rid of a ton of stuff. Mm, mm, interesting. Yeah. So after the de declutter stage, then what's next? Um, yeah. So, well, after the discovery phase with the questions, then we go into the decluttering and organizing. And that is, um, you know, I have a whole process for that. There is some sorting involved because when you sort things first it, into categories, it makes it easier to decide what, what you can get rid of. But after that is um, the, the habit building and the systems uh, phase. And this is kind of the long winter of this process. Um, but like I say, it's iterative. So we kind of keep going back um, through all this. But creating system is basically creating the habits that support the systems. It's a series of of habits. And this is where we kind of need to get the, the parents involved because they need to help accountability and support the habits. For example, if one of the habits is the laundry is not ending up in the dirty clothes. Okay. Um, so then, okay. So every, what, what, it, first of all, what is that picture of done? So if it is every night by 6 PM, I would like the, all the dirty clothes, you know, taken care of. So then this is where the parent kind of needs to step in and say, oh, it's six o'clock. Let's like, let's check. You can look and say like, oh, well, you did pretty good, but you know, there's still some laundry on the floor. It really is about creating habits. A lot of people think 
have this like 21 day, oh, habits take 21 days. It's this 21 day magic and magic happens. So that's not true. That's a myth. Uh, habits are formed by the number of repetitions. And that can be however long it takes. That again is something, you know, what is the team willing to do? What do they have time to do? What does the family schedule allow them to do? Do they have homework late into the night? Do they have soccer practice? Do they have to watch their younger siblings? So, and this is a little bit circling back to what they are capable of doing. What, what, what are they allowed to do? What, what does their time frame look like? So if they only have 10 or 15 minutes, then great. Then they can pick up what's on the floor. They can put the shoes away. They can, you know, tidy things up. But it's unrealistic to expect a teen, I think, to go spend an hour every day cleaning their room when they have all these other things. Yeah, absolutely. What advice or tips do you have for moms who can't hire an organizer? Yes, I have many. (laughs) Okay, good. You're all ears. Okay. I would say pay attention to what is easy, what comes easy for their teen and build on that. Do you have an example? Yeah, I'm trying to think of one. It's easy to always like, you know, if they always know where their glasses are because they it always they always set it on a certain table, you know. It could be good to create like specific places for things that they need. So okay, their school books and their school stuff always goes in one place. Okay, so start with the idea that um, they're really good at putting their glasses down all the time and remembering where their glasses are. Go ahead and create exact place, maybe in a small bin or a tray where the the school stuff goes so that they can all you know they can always remember to go back to that and again I would go back to being really crystal clear on the expectations for the space Mm -hmm. so what is it you are expecting of them it you need to be so specific where you're actually saying a time and a place like the shoes get put away in the hanging shoe organizer behind the door every night before bed it's what it is It's where it goes and it's what time of day it's expected. Um, And then there's some tactical things that I think are kind of fun. If someone, if a parent wants to go help a teen start the declaring process, start with what I call the low hanging fruit. So go into the room, collect all the things that aren't theirs, don't belong, are trash, are easy to get rid of, (laughs) things that they don't have to have any angst in parting with just the stuff that they don't care about like an Um, ex-boyfriend's t-shirt yes (laughs) that's a good example (laughs) um trash I find like a lot of kids have a hard time with trash in their room and so you know it could be something as simple as like we'll get a bigger trash can for them then or a lot of professional organizers use a formula called the space formula it's s-p-a-c-e it's an acronym created by Julia Morgenstern, who is an author and founder in our field. It stands for sort, purge, assign a home, containerize, and equalize. So before we do any kind of running up to the container store and buying some cute shoe organizers, we need to get rid of what we don't need. Before we do that, it's great to sort. It makes it easier to figure out what you have and see the volume of what you have and be able to go through what you have if you sort it all first. For example, um, you have 25 long sleeve black t-shirts 
do, do we really need every single one of those or can we just pick five or whatever? And that's where we go through the categories that we've sorted and begin to purge or edit what's no longer needed. Then we see what's left and we look at the storage space and we figure out where it's going to go. Another tip for parents is using active storage. So the things that are used the most should be where they are most accessible for the teens and for themselves too, really. That's a, that's a tip for, for anybody. Uh, then we can buy containers if needed at that point and get baskets for things or shoe racks or anything like that. And then the E in the space formula is equalized and that goes back to creating the systems and habits to keep it that way. So that might be a lot for a parent to try to do with their child, but just I think the most important thing in that is starting off with sorting and helping them sort and focus on one thing at a time. So maybe it's clothing, Mm -hmm. not clothing and books and video games and school stuff, you know, just start with one thing. Um, so some other ideas that are, these are the kind of my Pinteresty type examples, which people really, <laughs> really love. And I'm going to preface it by saying they may or may not be right for your teen or your space or your lifestyle, but there's some little things that, that have worked for, for me and my clients in the past. One thing is you can use hooks instead of hangers for, often used jackets and sweatshirts, which in, in my house, those are the things that end up all over the bed and the floor and the chairs. <laughs> and it just is painstaking for one of my daughters to actually put it on a hanger. So <laughs> I gave her a bunch of hooks. And so she can just throw it up on a hook and that that's a lot easier for her. And that's also an example of one of the things that works, you know, that, that is building off of things that they can already do. Um, having a drop-in file box for papers, for school papers, instead of putting them in a binder with rings is a lot easier when you don't have the space or the time or the energy to open a binder, open the rings, figure out where it goes. And I know that sounds like how hard is it to open a binder? I know my own kids are always just kind of in a hurry and onto the next thing. So putting things away is the harder part. Taking them out is easy. Putting things away is, is some of the order we try to create. If you have a teen that takes a really, 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 really long time to pick out her outfit in the morning, um, <laughs> one thing that could be helpful is um, a hanging, a, a five-tier hanging sweater organizer. And they're usually made out of canvas and you hang it in the closet and it's got like five shelves, you can, she can pick the outfits out, you know, on Sunday or something for the, for the school week and idea. put each outfit in there. Yeah. Great idea. And each shelf. Um, you can have a hamper for the not clean, not dirty clothes that are the other thing that ends up all over the place. <laughs> um, you know, they don't want to put them back in the drawer because they're not, all the way clean, but they don't want to put them in the dirty clothes because they could wear them again. So why not just have a basket or a hamper that is that kind of in between? And at least they're not on the floor. Of course, and this goes back to it's, it's not perfect. It's not either dirty or clean and put away and hung up, but at least it's not on the floor. Like it. One like of those it. Metal things. Yeah. One other thing is having volume limits for things like, like clothing so that the client that wanted her daughter's drawers to close 
that it creates a volume. This, this particular client's daughter liked to buy, buy new clothes often and sell her clothes that she didn't want anymore. She almost had this little like side business, which I think, think is actually pretty cool, but she was buying more than she was selling. So having every, having the drawers be able to close is an example of a volume limit because it creates this space and to go to your um, dog park analogy, which I absolutely love, like create the boundaries of that dog park. They can do whatever they want inside that drawer as long as it closes and it creates that limit. Yes. And then the other thing I'd say is use timers. And, um, you know, when you're establishing maybe a, a quick 10 or 15 minute cleanup at the end of the day, or before you leave for the day, timers kind of keep it real for everybody. And especially if um, there's any ADHD or any, you know, anxiety or any of that in your household, we have a house full of neurodiversity. So um, it's something I've explored a lot to use a timer to say, like, here's the 10 minutes you have and keep working until it goes off. Because sometimes tasks that we don't want to do are way bigger than they really end up being. So setting a timer for 10 minutes or 15 minutes. Oh, that's great. Is, is really great. Thing. Yeah. We use music as our timers a lot because I have one daughter that she'll kind of space out in her own head and not pay attention to when a timer goes off or isn't going off. So I'll say, well, you know, three songs worth. And she picks the three songs. She's very attuned to music. And so she does in her head that, okay, this song is almost ending. So now I need to be almost done. So oh, that's kind great. of creates a great. step that. Yeah. Great, great, great. Yeah. Those are, those are some of the, um, the tips I have for moms. There's also some book references I would recommend. Yeah. Um, organizing from the inside out is the, is by Julia Morgenstern and it's kind of, um, like the organizer's Bible. She's the one that came up with the space formula. She also has a book called time to parent, um, which is pretty good. And then atomic habits by James clear, um, talks about, it really breaks it down how to create the habits and, um, you know, creating habits is the hardest thing that we could ever do. And so that really has helped me see how to break it down for my own kids and for my, my clients' kids. So how can moms preserve the relationship with their teen and still have a clean room? Yeah. Um, I think one thing is, again, I keep going back to being really clear on the expectation and it kind of, it creates those boundaries in which the teen can be in their own space, but no, Oh, okay. I, these are the boundaries mom set and you know, we need to adhere to them. And I think that it keeps them safe, you know, and again, going back to your dog park reference, kids need boundaries. Even teens need boundaries. They push them all the time, but they really need them. And it's what ultimately at the end of the day makes them feel that they are home and safe. Um, I would also say don't to not assume, you know, what their life it feels like to them. So, you know, there are kids, we've raised them. We feel that we know every single thing about them. How can their lives be hard? All they have to do is A, B, and C. I think there's a lot of extra stresses on kids these days and that we're just not aware of them. And so to ask them, you know, I I often ask my kids, like if they complain about something, 
instead of saying, oh, well, that's easy, just go do it, or it's all you have to do is just do this assignment. If it's hard for them, I often ask, what is that like for you? And I think when they get to express and really kind of, it opens the doors for them to kind of explain what this is like for them. Mm -hmm. It can be completely eye-opening. No, that's a great question. It's a super great question. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I just would say, you know, moms, there are so many intense issues that teens are facing. And I, I think if you can kind of go into this with a little bit of a sense of humor, because I mean, throughout generations, that's why we talked about Amy's room. And I can say my room wasn't very clean either. <laughs> you know, it's a thing. It's just, it's it's a thing that every generation of moms in teens rooms, like there's some struggle around it. But just don't get so hyper-focused on that and miss the relationship and miss the connection. The crazy thing, like with my daughter is, yes, she was great with a messy room and she had that down pat. But she just cracks me up because recently, um, she's now 24, she asked, um, she was visiting me and she said, can you bring home of those like Mr. Clean erasers because I need to clean your kitchen. Like my kitchen was driving her crazy. So you just never know. You never know. But I think we have so many good points that you have shared, Amy, um, The one I really, really love is having the teens really kind of own what would be super cool about their room. Because no teen teen is going to say, I want a really trash room and bring my friends over. So if they can kind of get excited about, oh, that would look cool and I can organize by color and I can have this space for my friends. The buying into it is so huge. Yeah. Absolutely. And to talk on that for a minute, one teen I worked with, when, when you had asked, you know, at what point do they get excited? And it's like, well, it kind of just depends. And this particular young lady started getting really excited when we moved her books, which were just kind of shoved in one side of the closet. And we put that we displayed them in a shelf. Her, her books were one of the things that were really important to her. She didn't want to get rid of them. And I was like, that's completely fine. You don't need to get rid of any of your books. And so we arranged them on the shelf and we put some decorative things and she was getting really excited about that. And so that was kind of a neat thing. And I, that's I not something it. that I had picked up on initially when I spoke with her, but uh, to see her get excited about that cues me oh, in for what's, yeah, what other ways. Yeah, because, because so, there can be such negative, negative energy around cleaning the room. Yeah. And so how... So the challenge for you moms out there is how can you raise that energy and kind mm-hmm. of get them kind of excited about their room? So that's, yeah, go ahead. I'll say another thing um, you mentioned, you know, keeping it fun and silly with, I a hundred percent agree. And with my own daughter, she always had this hard time of getting the laundry into the laundry basket. It would always be next to the laundry basket, not in the laundry basket. So we, I would go in there and say, oh, good job, but we need to have it in the laundry basket, not (laughs) next to the laundry basket. So now this is this ongoing joke in our house that if something is next to where it's supposed to be, we always say, oh, it's not in the garbage, it's next to the garbage. And we all think it's pretty funny. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, that's wonderful. I love it. So any last advice for the moms out here? Yes, be the example of what you want your kids to, to be. Model the behavior of 
cleaning up and organizing your own space, you know, to understand that it's a process that's not going to happen overnight and be encouraging. And um, remember, this is a life skill that they're learning, you're learning, we're all learning, go into it with grace for the process and for them. And more importantly, for yourselves. That's wonderful. If the moms out here listening would like to get in touch with you, how could they do that? Yes. The best thing would be for them to shoot me an email. And that is at Amy, A-M-Y, at higherorderhome.com. It's H-I-G-H-E-R, orderhome.com. I do um, free phone consultations for anyone that wants to, you know, get some tips or chat or see how they can um, make things a little bit better in their homes. Oh, that's great. That's awesome. And your website is? It is www.higherorderhome.com. Okay. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Amy, for your time. I know this is going to be super helpful to the moms listening. We know this is where everyone lives, <laughs> especially during COVID. We're spending way more, way more time looking at everybody's rooms. So yes. thank you we're so much. Good. Thank you. I really appreciate your time, Colleen. This concludes this week's episode of Power Your Parenting Moms with Teens podcast. If this podcast has been helpful, I would absolutely love it if you could go to Apple Podcasts and give Power Your Parenting Moms with Teens podcast a five-star review. This makes it easier for other moms like you to find the support and encouragement they need. Also, my best-selling and award-winning book, Dial Down the Drama, Reducing Conflict, Reconnecting with Your Teenage Daughter, A Guide for Mothers Everywhere. You can find that and order it online at Amazon and Barnes & Noble. And you can always find other great resources and contact me at ColleenOGrady.com, two L's and two E's. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.